In our first reading today, we see from the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans how he talks about being ready and being prepared to pass on God's word to the next generation. And we talk about how the things that we've learned in our faith are not just from our generation, but have been given from ages beyond, especially within the Holy Christian Church. And so we continue to pass down, as Paul writes, whatever was written for our learning. And certainly as we think about VBS this past week here at Redemption, that was one of our goals, was to share what the Word of God says to uh, young children. We read from Romans 15, verses 1 through 7. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Our second reading is actually one of the stories that we studied at Vacation Bible School this week from the Gospel of Luke in chapter 17. We read verses 11 through 19. And we see as Jesus leads us, he equips us and sustains us with his mercy. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. This ends our readings. This is the word of the Lord. Dear friends in Christ, we read a single verse as our sermon text today from Romans chapter 11, verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord, Savior, and Leader, Jesus Christ. Amen. Nearly 15 years ago, the video game company Nintendo released a new gaming system called the Nintendo Wii. I'm sure you've probably all heard of it. Perhaps you own one. Perhaps you've played it before. The Nintendo Wii was unique and new in the fact that it had the capability to mimic the movements of the person who was playing the game. 
by holding one of the special controllers and moving it around, you could simulate your movements within the game. Obviously, there was a number of games that were developed to fit this mode of gaming system. There were many that were based on sports, like tennis and bowling, boxing, track and field. As you moved around in place in your home, you could compete in a way in these games on the screen. This new development also led to another, a number of games that were designed to follow the leader. Follow the leader is one of the, probably the oldest games in the history of the world, I would imagine. Think about VBS week. It's one of the games that we often play with little kids. It's fun for them to play, but also kind of teaches some lessons as well. And with the Nintendo Wii, there's a variety of games where something's going on on the screen and it's your job to keep up. It's your job to follow the leader. The better you can follow, the more successful you are at the game. Now, a video game is one thing, but in real life, we struggle to follow. There's something inherent in human nature, something within us because of our sin that wants to do things ourselves. We don't want to listen to anybody, whether that be another human, maybe somebody in authority over us, or even God at times. We want to do it our own way. But often in life, we are met with obstacles because we are inexperienced. We are underskilled. We are unqualified. And it's in those moments of life when you realize that harsh dose of reality that you need a leader. This past week of Vacation Bible School, we learned how God leads us in the depths and riches of His grace through Jesus Christ. We learned how God led Moses and the people of Israel through the Red Sea, how He gave them the Ten Commandments, led them out of Egypt. He gave them His very clear and unchangeable law. But we also saw the fact that because they couldn't keep the law perfectly, Jesus was the only one who did it for them, just as he's done for us. Another day we learned how Jesus invited his disciples to follow him, how he called them into lives of service and ministry to follow his example, how he promised that he would lead and bless them in their work. But even those closest to Jesus who traveled with him, who lived among him, who listened directly to his preaching, weren't the best followers. We learned, as we saw in our scripture reading, how Jesus called the ten lepers to healing by his grace and mercy, and yet only one returned to give thanks. And we learned in our last day how Jesus brought the message of the resurrection to his disciples after they had scattered and deserted him. We see in these examples, in these stories that we studied at Vacation Bible School, tremendous and amazing examples of God's mercy and power, how he does lead us, but we also see the realities of our own sinful flesh. The fact that we cannot lead ourselves to life with God. Jesus leads the way to eternal life. He makes that clear. Jesus brings us mercy and peace every day. But we don't always want to follow him, do we? 
Part of the problem is that inherent desire to do things ourselves, to want to be the leader of our own destinies or fortunes or whatever you want to call it. But part of it also is that we don't always like what God has to say. We don't always want to be willing followers of Jesus. Sometimes we wander off in our own, in temptations or allurements of the world. Sometimes we want to have it our own way. We want to be in control. And if we aren't in control, we feel like we have no hope. Sometimes we even think we can do it better than God. We want to tell God how it is. We want to tell him what life should really be like, what kind of teachings and morals we should follow in our lives. Our theme verse for this week was Romans eleven thirteen. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. And the next verse in Romans 11 says this, For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Sometimes we try to be that for God. We try to think that we're God's counselor, that we can tell God what to do, that we can give him the best advice. But the question that Paul asks in the text, who can be the counselor of God, is a rhetorical question. It's not a question with a realistic answer. It's a question meant to make a point that no one should even think that they can approach God in such a way. God indeed has no counselor, least of all us. When we seek to counsel God, we mess up. We get, end up in the wrong place. This is what happened to God's people in his word over and over again. And it's one of those themes we saw at Vacation Bible School. This is what happened to the people of Israel in the Old Testament. God sought to lead the Israelites by giving them the Ten Commandments. God had already led them out of slavery. He was bringing them home to the Promised Land. He had led them through the Red Sea in a miraculous way. Now God had given them instructions for how to live. But the children of Israel continually failed to follow God's lead. They made a golden calf to worship. They called that their God. They grumbled and complained against the leader that God had put over them, Moses. They complained and grumbled when God gave them food that they didn't like. And after the Israelites finally entered the promised land... They flip-flopped continually year after year back and forth between worshiping God and worshiping other gods. Over and over, Israel fell flat because they didn't want to listen to their leader. Same thing happened with Jesus' disciples. He called them to follow him, but sometimes they went their own way. Think of the story when the little children were coming to Jesus to be blessed. Could you think of a better uh, example to give and dispense the mercy of God than that? And yet the disciples wanted to forbid the children. They wanted to withhold the children from seeing Jesus, from hearing him, from interacting with him, because they didn't think that they were worthy of Jesus. But Jesus told his disciples, let the little children come to me, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. It was the disciples that would have prevented Jesus from going to the cross from what we know as Holy Week right before when Jesus told his disciples very clearly what must ha happen for him to make atonement. None of them wanted him to do so. In fact, it was Peter who said, Lord, never. And Jesus responded, get behind me, Satan. And the night of Jesus' death, 
it was those 12 disciples that all fled and forsook Jesus and left him on his own. And the same thing happens to us in our lives all too often. As we seek to follow Jesus, we may have good intentions, but we will fall flat at times too. We confess this every Sunday toward the beginning of our worship service, just as we did this morning. We confess our sins. We confess that we've fallen from God's expectations for our lives. We've sinned in our thoughts and in our words, both against God and against one another. We haven't followed God as we should, let alone be the kinds of leaders that God would expect us to be. Ultimately, we confess most seriously that we don't deserve God's love. We have not done enough in our lives. We have not earned enough to be able to say that that belongs to us. And so we plead to God for help. It's in those moments when we're most confronted with our mistakes, our limitations, our shortcomings, our sins, that we realize the need for a leader in our lives, somebody who's not ourselves. And so we plead to God for help through our Savior Jesus, and that's how he offers help. This is also why we teach our children God's truths, why we lead them up in the Word of God from little on, even if we may think in our heads, maybe they don't know what's going on. Maybe the disciples felt that about the children too. Maybe they can't approach God. They can't confess with their mouth. We have those kinds of thoughts too. But this is why we bring them up in God's truth. We teach them what sin is. We teach them what it means to confess. We teach them what Jesus has done. So that they too would have this sure and steady confidence in life. This is why VBS Week is so important. We have the opportunity to interact with a number of kids from our community, some of which never hear about Jesus the rest of the year. And we have an opportunity to captivate their attention for a couple hours each day so that they would know their Savior. So that they would know who to go to when they are eventually confronted with their shortcomings in life. The peace that we have doesn't come from ourselves, doesn't come from our wisdom or knowledge of God's word. As our text says, oh, the depth and the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his ways. Our confidence is not in our skill as a believer or as a Christian, not in our knowledge, not in our experience, but only in the grace and mercy of Jesus. Our merciful God comes to us again and again with his love and compassion. Just as we confess our sins each week, we hear this proclaimed each week, that God has given his son to die for us and to bring us life through forgiveness of our sins. Jesus picks you up each time you fall flat in your calling to follow him. He is that leader that you need, but even in those moments when you would follow something else, Jesus is there waiting for you to pick you up in his grace and mercy. Think about the stories. God didn't abandon Israel. There were times when God had to correct them, where God had to punish them, where God had to snap them out of their unbelief and sin. But God continued to send his prophets to them. God continued to proclaim his word. God continued 
to emphasize the importance of sacrificial worship that pointed to the Savior who would come as an atonement for their sins. God didn't abandon his disciples either. Jesus led them patiently. Jesus lovingly corrected them. Even after they forsook Jesus the day of his death, Jesus restored them in forgiveness, even coming to Peter who had denied him three times and restoring him three times, emphasizing the call to feed his sheep. It was Jesus that makes the difference in these Bible stories that we covered last week. Everywhere along the way, when people were met with their mistakes and their sins, it was Jesus that covered them in his forgiveness. And likewise, in our lives, it's Jesus that creates something new for us. Sin goes back to Adam and Eve at the very beginning, the consequence of their fall from God's perfection and holiness. But Jesus brought something much different, something to cover sin once for all. Jesus brought the resurrection from the dead. And so his promise to us today is that he can lead and guide us in this sinful world, He does so with his law, the Ten Commandments. He does so with his law and gospel when we confess our sins and receive forgiveness. But ultimately, the leadership that Jesus is looking to provide is not just for this world, but leading you home to eternal life in heaven. Leading you to conquer death and the grave just as much as he did. After his resurrection, when Jesus restored his disciples, the very last thing we're told that he spoke to them, at least in the Gospel of John, is follow me. If you remember at the beginning when Jesus first called his disciples, that was actually one of the first things he said to them too. He said, follow me. And so from the beginning to the end, the message that Jesus spoke and communicated to his followers was, I will lead you, follow me. Early on, the disciples, when they first heard Jesus say, follow me, they they all took the opportunity and they ran with it. They went right away. They left everything that they had. They were eager. But they didn't exactly know what that meant. Near the end of the Gospel of John, when the disciples were concerned about what's Jesus going to think because we betrayed him, because we forsook him, because we deserted him, and Jesus restored them, he again called them to service. I will lead you, follow me. Because God, in his mercy, led those disciples through the ups and downs, through an understanding of sin and how to deal with it through forgiveness in Christ, they were better equipped to go forward and share that message with others. And you probably notice a difference between the 12 disciples in the Gospels and in the book of Acts. How they spoke with boldness and understanding of God's word. They didn't back down anymore. They didn't desert. They didn't flee. They stood with their Savior. That's the lesson that mercy teaches us when we're confronted with our sins. And we have a leader who's not ourselves. We have a leader like Jesus. He can change our lives in such a way. And in a similar way to us, God says the same message. Jesus does not abandon us. Paul writes in, earlier in Romans in chapter 8, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? He answers, 
neither life nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate you from God's love because Jesus is leading your way. And Jesus is faithful to you. And when we trust and believe in that by faith, it'll change our lives too. It'll lead us to be bold to proclaim the word of God. It'll lead us to bring the message of Jesus to others that we may have thought in the past were not worthy or maybe not qualified enough to really receive it. It will lead us to be faithful to God in return with the Holy Spirit producing courage and boldness for God's word in our hearts. Jesus comes to lead our way, just as he did for the children of Israel, just as he did to the lepers in need, just as he did to the disciples. Jesus leads our way by the depth of the riches and wisdom of his word and his mercy and truth. As we think about our lives here and apply God's word to them, we remember that we're awaiting our Savior's return. Our job, as God says in a number of places, and as we think about on a week like Vacation Bible School, is to share and proclaim that word with the world. But let us remember the lessons that the Israelites, the disciples, and others learned in God's word too. The best way we can be equipped to go out and share the message with others is to have that message firmly implanted in our hearts. To be faithful in using the Word of God. To gather with one another here in church to receive the Word of God every week. To faithfully participate as we're going to in our service today in the Lord's Supper by which He forgives our sins and strengthens our faith. Those are the ways that we are best equipped to be faithful followers of our leader, Jesus. May God grant us the depth of the riches of his wisdom and grace that we may follow him faithfully and share that with others. Amen. Amen.